Welcome back, GPS to God. It is a very special day. Glad all of you are with us. It's special for a lot of reasons. Let's get to some of those. Daniel Sanders, Stefano Patterson, first time ever. Miss Maggie Odom is with us. We're so glad that she is here. And today is Maggie's birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Maggie. birthday. Thank you. We need to sing. Thank you. Uh, uh, we'll we'll hold good. the singing. We might embarrass us. So. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, happy birthday. If you see Maggie around somewhere, give her a cake or a cookie or, you know, just throw some money at her. That'll there work, too. Yeah, that works. But we are also very, hey, if, if they start throwing money at you, <laughs> it was my suggestion. You can, you know, cut a brother in. Royalties. That's right. We also have with us another very special guest. We have Miss Laurel Brooks. And Laurel is the, this is a big one, National Director of Engagement for My Faith Votes we're going to get into all of that, but Laurel, thank you for being here. Oh, gosh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited. So, Laurel, you grew up in North Carolina, went to school, had a very cool first big girl job. Why don't we start there and you tell us a little bit about your beginning? Okay, sure enough. I went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Go Heels. I've been sad recently to find all the things my university's been messing with, but came out of there and ended up um, going to Charlotte, where I was going to go into banking before I went to get a PhD in econ, but I decided to take a year out, ended up at um, a temp agency who sent me out to this organization called CompuShop. CompuShop was on the verge of being purchased by this fledgling small nobody's ever heard of organization called apple computer um and i was there for a couple of days and they actually sort of just made a made up a job for me because they just liked me i guess and um we were on the verge of this merger and the merger happened and apple bought out CompuShop along with several other organizations that did distribution across the united states of computers but again, it would, nobody had ever heard of Apple at the time. So we were working around the clock really, really hard, as you can imagine. I ended up putting together the field sales operation for Apple for the United States and Canada. And I was 23 years old, if you can believe that. <laughs> Do the math, I'm old now. But <laughs> how, many, okay. how many people were at Apple? Small company at the time, up and coming company. How many people were there about, do you think, when you started? Well, there? I was employee number 715. Wow. At Apple. So there, there weren't, and 715 people is not a whole lot of people across the country. <laughs> So it, yeah, we were fledgling. We were small. We traveled a lot. We did a lot of fun things together. You know, watching Steve do his thing was just kind of pretty amazing. He was quite a character and all of that. I learned a whole lot at a very young age um, doing what I did with Apple. It was a lot of fun. It was very creative. I just sort of created something out of nothing. And and it was a whole lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, I knew Steve well enough to know that he would not necessarily be happy with some of the things that have happened with the with the company since then. But it's okay. I learned a lot from them. And but I worked myself silly and I worked myself sick. So I ended up very, very sick, ended up going on disability, and I was actually sick for 37 years. Um, I never gave up praying because the scripture says never to give up praying. And I just kept seeking the Lord to heal me. And in October, 2018, he chose to do that kind of out of the blue. He just chose to heal me. So he gave me about a year and a half off 
and I was so bored. And I said, Lord, please use me. And um, I ended up with uh, my husband having an agent. My husband's an attorney and a writer because all attorneys want to be writers, I think, <laughs> and not attorneys. But how many uh, how has... many great pending crime novels are laying around your house? <laughs> well, he's on his third right now, actually, and they are espionage thrillers, and but they're clean, so they're friendly to a Christian audiences. They don't have any language or perversion as in them, which is kind of rare. It's also hard to get them published in this day and age, but um, yeah, he's pretty amazing. His agent was a guy by the name of Celie Yates. And I found, and Celie represented people, represents people like Chuck Swindoll and David Jeremiah and all these big names in the Christian community. But what impressed me the most was when Celie told us that he had started this organization called My Faith Votes. I'd followed my faith votes on social media for quite some time and loved their voice because I followed a lot of Christian organizations, but a lot of them sort of hyped up your emotions and got you like upset and energized and, um, you know, wanted you to donate to them and all that kind of stuff. And the voice of my faith votes was seemed much more uh, confident in who our God is. Uh, it, regardless of the circumstances, we we know who God is and we have all confidence in him. And I loved that. And when I found out Celie had actually started it, I was like, what? <laughs> That's when I got a little uh, like flustered over, over Celie Yates was when I found out he had started this organization. And I told him, I said, I have some time. If you want me to donate some time to my faith votes, I'm happy to do that. I don't know what you have that that needs done, but um, I could do that. And he connected me and I spoke with Jason Yates, who's our CEO. And he said, you know what? I don't know what to do with volunteers. We don't really have a plan for them. I have about three people like you who who have said they'd like to do something for us, but I don't have the time, I don't have the bandwidth to figure out what to do with that. And I said, well, you know, I put together the field sales operation for Apple. Do you want me to see if I can, you know, find a way to use volunteers at my faith boats? And he said, sure. And so I volunteered to do that in August of uh, 2020 with three people. And by January, we had over 3,000. Wow. And uh, no one was more surprised by that than me. The Lord just brought a tidal wave of people who are out there across our nation who love the Lord and who are in that place of, I see my nation spiraling down. I feel helpless to do anything about it. Please give me something to do. So from that day to this, that is my job. I eventually went on staff when we, when we continued to grow and we knew that God was taking what I was doing and making it uh, into something beyond anything any of us anticipated, then they said, you know, you're going to not be able to volunteer anymore. You've got to come on staff. So I went back to work after about 38 years <laughs> and came on staff with my faith votes and they gave me that big fancy title, <laughs> national, <laughs> national director of, um, engagement. It's hard for me to remember because I don't really care about titles. <laughs> I, I have it written down. So if we forget, we're good. I got it. But uh, <laughs> if you forget, I don't care. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what at, at its core, what is my faith voter? What kind of service do you provide? Our mission, and I can just read it to you. My faith votes is a nonpartisan movement 
So we're, we're not Republican or Democrat. We are biblical that motivates, equips, and activates Christians in America to vote in every election, transforming our communities and influencing our nation with biblical truth. And our vision is that we desire to see an America where God is honored in the public square and biblical truth is advanced in our culture. So that's the essence of who we are. And the way this happened was in the presidential election of 2016, one of the people that Seeley represents is Dr. Ben Carson. And Dr. Ben Carson was running for president and they were in a conversation and said, you know, I wonder how many Christians actually vote. So they decided to do the research. And what they discovered is that there are approximately 40 million Christians in America who don't vote. Wow. Uh, 25 of them, 25 million of them were registered and didn't vote. And 15 hadn't even bothered to register. And that was like a lightning bolt uh, because, you know, that many people voting, we could change the course of America if that were not the case. So My Faith Votes was founded to encourage Christians to, to use their vote in the public square to promote biblical values. And so the mission of My Faith Votes is to motivate more and more and more and more Christians out there to become engaged in the public square and care about that because what happens in our legislatures, both local, state, and national, impacts our lives greatly. And we can all see if anybody's, we have a lot of ostrich Christians who bare their heads because they don't want to look at it. <laughs> That's the truth. But if if you've got half an eye open and you're watching what's happening in America, you can see the lack of the position of the church within the conversation of societal norms in our nation. And we've got to just step back into this place. You know, when the nation began, it was churches at the center of communities that determined the moral standards of our society. And the church kind of backed out little by little by little, turned education over to the state. In the 1950s, we turned social programs over to the state instead of the church taking care of the, the wounded and the orphaned and the widowed, the way scripture tells us to. And so the state became more relevant within our society in terms of determining moral norms. And I think the enemy saw that and kind of just took over. So it's time for us to step back into that place. And I think what happened was when I started this and we had this avalanche of people, it's all the, all the Christians in America who felt voiceless, not knowing how to stop this tidal wave of evil that's been trying to knock us out of our society and remove freedom. So we're here to stop that tidal wave and create our own the 40 million that of Christians, what are, what are some of the tools that you, that you use to motivate people to, to vote? To vote. Mm-hmm. We have sort of two different avenues. We have a website that is just absolutely full of information for the individual Christian voter to educate themselves. Incredible tools. We have a tool called turbo vote where you can get voting reminders you just go in and put in your information. And if there's a vote of any sort, if it's a runoff of a 
of a mayoral race even, you're going to get a text message to remind you that it's time to vote. You can go there and, and find the link to register to vote. You can you go in and you there's a map and you can click on your state, put in your information and have access to everything with regard to voting in your state wow. to make you educated, to make you up to date, to keep you informed and all those various things. We also have tools on our website. One of my favorites is contact your representative. And you put your information in and it pulls up the name of every single person who represents you from the president on down. You can click on their name and find out how long they've been in that position, what committees they're on, all that, all of that. You can write a message to them. You know, for example, I'm very concerned about transgenderism and I want everybody who represents me to understand that I am against children being transitioned through medications and surgeries. Uh, and, you know, trans transition is not even a real thing. It's more like mutilation. Mm. So anyway, you can write your message, click on the people who represent you and hit send and it goes to them. It makes it so easy to begin engaging with your elected officials. We have a built-in prayer for your elected officials that you can go in and automatically send to them. We have uh, the entirety of My Voter Hub, which encompasses how to get your uh, absentee ballot, all those things. We have My Faith Votes TV, where you can go listen to influencers on top on topics from a Christian perspective that have to do with legislation in the public square. We're getting ready to put out a teaching series for like Bible studies that takes on each one of these topics and discusses it from a biblical perspective such as uh, social justice and all those kinds of things. We want to make people fully equipped so they feel educated and having conversations with the people within their sphere of influence to understand why they're pro-life, to understand what the pro-choice people are saying, what is true about what they're saying and what is not. For example, in the pro-choice arena, they say under Democrat presidents, this is one of their talking points, under Democrat presidents, abortions go down. There's a reason for that. <laughs> and the reason is Democrat presidents do not require states to report. Mm. So the states like California, uh, who have high rates of abortion, are not included in their numbers. So it looks like their numbers are lower, but they're not. But how do you know that as a general Christian consumer in America? We want to give people information like that to equip them on encouraging others in their sphere of influence that it's time for us to engage in the public square. So our website is, is, is for the edification of the individual Christian and how they can become a better voter. The other thing we do is what I had, which is our action partner program. And our action partner program is the program that brings like-minded Christians together to go beyond themselves and to reach other Christians in this mission to get them engaged also in the public square. So the thing wow. that we have, we, my role is to make sure that Christians across the nation have opportunity to, to take action that they wouldn't be able to take on their own in conjunction with other people to impact our elections, to impact our society. So how do we do that? 
One of the things we do is during national campaigns, we do what we call our right now campaign, where we will have Christian, we, we provide you with uh, names and addresses of low propensity voters. These are voters who are Christian, who are pro-life, who are pro-traditional family. We vet these lists out. We provide you those names and we give you the letter to print out and you sign and you write a personal note on. We also give you that suggestion and you mail those letters to those low propensity voters and um, they go to the polls. And we had um, in, in the Virginia, remember the Virginia election in 21 with the governor and all of that? Well, we have real clear records of that. And the, not, the, the percentage of Christians who went to the polls compared to our control group where we didn't contact them versus the ones who that we did contact of the same category, we had a 51% lift in people showing up at the polls. So we know what we do is impactful. They say if you have a 3% lift, you're doing a fantastic job. Most organizations on the left who do things like this brag about a 0.75% increase in turnout. So uh, we're, we're pleased with that, but we're also doing lots of other things. And now, by the way, we have... Um, we have groups in, in about 28 states where we have volunteers who are in leadership in our action partner community. We have over 150 in leadership. I met with them last night. We do that once a month. We have state coordinators. We have state prayer coordinators, research coordinators, data coordinators, all these people across the nation who have said, yes, Lord, send me. So I have this whole network of leaders across the nation that are doing incredible things. And we have a national prayer meeting every Monday morning and Monday evening. We have state level prayer meetings for anybody who wants to come together to simply pray for their state. We send out state updates to keep everybody up on what legislation is happening and what they need to do about it, whether it's positive or negative. We're doing a whole lot like that just to keep people engaged and informed. Uh, the what we're starting tomorrow that I'm really, really excited about um, is we are working with, well, iVoterGuide. I don't know if you've ever heard of iVoterGuide, but they put out a Christian voter guide hmm. so that if you're a Christian and you're going to the polls and you want to know something about the people that you're that you have on your ballot, you can go there and it will tell you what they stand for. Uh, but they're a 501c4, so they rank these people in terms of um, liberal or conservative, and we can't do that. We don't do that. We're nonpartisan. But they're working with us to create thicker, richer voter guides. What, what's difficult is to find a voter guide, a Christian voter guide, where it tells you about your school board members. They don't have to tell you what party affiliation they have. They don't have to tell you anything about themselves. So in order to find out that information, we're going to use our action part partners across the nation to do that research and build out voter guides for us and for iVoterGuide uh, that can be used by churches and all kinds of organizations, and it's all for free. And what I failed to say is the Lord has now grown us, and we are over 10,000 people across the nation at this point. Wow. Awesome. 
I had no idea two years ago when I said, okay, Lord, no, three years ago now in August, okay, Lord, I'll do this. Send me that this is what he was going to do, but he's creating a movement of Christians who understand that our voice is needed in the public square so that we don't have laws like we now have in Minnesota where a 12 year old can cross the state line and the state will chop their bodies up and give them drugs without their parents' consent. Or laws like in California that have just recently been passed where if your child is is in the eighth grade and decides they wanna transition, the school can keep that from the parent. And if the parent finds out and objects to it, the state can remove the child from her, from his or her home. This is really happening in America and it's happening at the voting booth. Life and death is at the voting booth and Christians have got to be engaged there. When we step away and go, we have no part of that. We don't understand that government is God's design. It's not a concept that man came up with. God speaks about government all throughout scripture. He designed government and he wants his people running. He wants his people's influence in government. Our nation was founded that way. I know some people, um, some Christians don't want to vote because they think maybe it's rigged or um, they don't like the candidates. They don't even when they compare them, they don't like any of them. I can address both of those yeah. issues because I assure you, I hear them a lot. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Number one, we have had issues of election integrity in this nation. There is no doubt about it. They've been around for a very long time. They've just had a spotlight put on them fairly recently. But what I don't understand is the mentality that says there's evil there. So I'm going to sit in my lounge chair and do nothing. Where does scripture say in the face of evil, do nothing. If you step away and say, I'm disengaging because I see evil here. You are not following what God has told us to do. He's given us authority and he's given us armor to do battle. He never says, if you see evil, shy away because you don't have the opportunity to overcome it. He always gives us the opportunity to overcome it. And our choice must be to be obedient to his call, to stand for his purposes in our lives, in every part of our lives. I don't see the Lord anywhere saying, you know what? You don't have to take your faith into your government. You don't have to take your faith into your society. Yeah, it doesn't, it's just not there. So I I don't buy that argument at all because I can't find anything in scripture and that's the plumb line. Can't find anything in scripture that supports it. Now, uh, in terms of the argument of, I can't find a perfect candidate. Well, we're never gonna find a perfect candidate and we've had some horrendous candidates (laughs) There's even at the presidential level, we've had some horrendous candidates where you go, oh my gosh, can we not find people any better than these? (laughs) But it doesn't excuse us from voting for one of them to say that neither one of them is Jesus Christ. They're never going to be, they're all going to be failing. So sometimes our choice is to vote for the one that will create the least evil. Mm. Will and that's that that's a low bar but sometimes that's the bar we have to go with which one of these candidates 
it will, will support biblical values more than the other. It's not, I refuse to vote, vote for either of them because then you're, again, you're giving way to evil. You're just giving, you're giving up. You're not in the fight. Hands off. No, Lord, I'm not going to participate. But if the choice is this bad guy and, or this guy I don't like or whatever, you have to vote for the one whose policies are more aligned and the party even whose policies are more aligned with biblical values. And those shift from generation to generation. So it's never been owned by one particular party. At this, in this day and age, you know, you look at the platforms and it's clear which party has um, a policies that are more aligned with biblical values, pro-life, pro-traditional family, all those things, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're supporting biblical values. And even if neither are like a nine or a 10 on the scale, if one's a two and one's a four, you have to vote for the four. You go for the best one and then you say, Lord, do you want me to run next time? <laughs> I'm voting for Maggie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Laura, what are some of the, what are some of the, biggest problems you all are facing right now or, or biggest problems you're trying to address, uh, whether it's um, getting people to vote, how do you get people to vote, or getting the proper information to them so they can make an informed decision? What's maybe some of the biggest things you all are trying to tackle right now? Well, I would say that one of the most surprising roadblocks I've seen since I stepped into doing this is how much confusion there is out there over what a true biblical worldview is. We did exit polling through the next, for the last election, and it was an abysmal outcome in terms of people who even call themselves Christians, but who do not hold biblical worldviews. Uh, a lot of Christians, a very, very, very high percentage of Christians these days don't even understand what that means. Um, to, to have their views aligned with scripture and not some um, modern day interpretation of scripture instead of real scripture, like, like, like being pro-life. I, I don't know that there's a debate there, but in my mind, there's no debate which side of the abortion issue the Lord is going to land. But we have like 60% of Christians that are for some sort of abortion, some level of abortion. And, and that's why we have so many politicians who are even pro-life who waver on this issue because so many people, including Christians, are not clear on what the Bible says or are not clear on their commitment to honoring it. So that's, that's definitely one of the roadblocks. One of the other roadblocks is that what we find is that a lot of Christians are being even led in their churches by their pastors to turn a deaf ear to what's going on in politics. Politics is messy, don't look at it. So they're burying their heads, they're not watching the news, they're not paying attention. And to wake them up to the fact that if they don't wake up, they're not gonna have church doors to walk through because that's where we're headed. That's where that's where the enemy's trying to take this nation to to turn the bible legally into hate speech we have lots of different lawsuits going on around the country 
to turn the Bible into hate speech so that it will be banned. Um, to, you know, they sh COVID shut down churches left and right, and people didn't know to defend their freedom. Um, it's it's amazing how many people are not paying attention, how many people are completely unaware of the threats to Christians going forward in this nation. It's disheartening to me because the only reason I'm in this is because I have, well, number one, because I believe the Lord's called me here. Most importantly, number two, I have seven grandchildren and I can turn around and be an ostrich all I like, but my silence, my ignorance, my turning away, my not paying attention is going to cost my grandchildren and my great grandchildren freedom. And that's just selfish. Hmm. And it bothers me so much when I have, I have my own friends who say, I don't, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear any, anything about that. I, I'm just, I'm happier if I ignore it. Well, for a time, but it's like cancer. You're happier you ignore cancer, but if you continue to ignore it, it could overtake you. And that's what's happening behind our backs is it's being overtaken. We are being overtaken. Um, if you just pay attention to what's happening this month and with Pride Month and all these organizations, and if you're not paying attention, you don't know what ESG scores are and how that's influencing all these corporations to um, project all this social nonsense out here so that they can remain fiscally sound because institutions like JP Morgan Chase and BlackRock and all of those are requiring this of them in order to maintain their financial relationship. There's so much stuff going on that if we ignore and, and the whole lot, I hear this, and I, I would say the third one, and probably the, the hardest one for me to deal with, is that when I started here, I would say that 95% of pastors would not even have a conversation about the public square. And when Jesus said, I will build my, my church upon this rock, he said, Ecclesia, which is public square. It wasn't church. It was public square. He wanted the church to influence, to, to build out our government. And so for pastors to say, I don't get involved in politics. Um, if they're a 501c3 nonprofit, they're involved in politics. If they brush their teeth, they're involved in politics because it's, politics determines what can be in your toothpaste. If they drive on a road, they're involved in politics. It, there's no way around it there, because it's a societal structure. And if you're a 501c3, you have just put your church under the authority of the government to tell you what you can and cannot say. So it's a misnomer to say a church shouldn't be or couldn't be involved in politics. The church used to be the core foundational voice into the morality of American culture. And we've got to get back there again. Not that we have to talk about it every single Sunday, but we have to get Christians engaged in this process or else this process will shut us down mm. like they did for a couple of years and continue to. And that's been the, probably the most emotionally difficult for me is to see how few 
past and I understand it because they think it's a risk and I hear I can't get involved because of 501c3 it's a misnomer I wish somebody would go after that the 501c3 concept means I'm a nonprofit. I cannot speak into this arena you can 100% speak into the public square and voting and all of that you just can't stand up and say vote for this person Although our vice president did exactly that in numerous churches in Virginia and nobody called her on it, but nobody will ever call anybody on it because the minute somebody does, it goes to court and it will run the gamut to the Supreme Court and they will rule it unconstitutional. That's why you've never seen a case, not not a case being brought against a church that's even outspoken in this arena because they don't want it in the courts because it will be ruled unconstitutional if it ever goes there. So it, it's just a it's just a threat that it, it's a black cloud threat that hangs over churches. And I've seen lots of pastors, honestly, who use that false threat as an excuse because they're afraid of dividing their church. I know there's um, a misunderstanding about separation of church and state. So I know that goes along with it, what freedom of religion actually means. Exactly. And the separation of church and state is not in any governmental document. Um, But the separation of church and state was meant to do exactly the opposite. It was meant to keep the state out of the church, not the church out of the state. It, it, It was born out of the issue in England where the church had overtaken, I mean, the state had overtaken the church and controlled the church of England. And that's what the people who settled this nation did not want to happen. So the separation was leave our churches alone and let them be free and let not the government interfere with the business of the church. And all you have to do is go to Washington and see every quote by Thomas Jefferson, everything on the Washington um, National Monument, Abraham Lincoln. There are references to God. There are references to scripture. There was there was no intention whatsoever of our founding fathers to exclude Christianity or the Lord from the government. In fact, it is just the opposite. And thank goodness for Patriot Academy, and we were a partner with Patriot Academy, but they have a biblical citizenship course that we are providing as well, which actually walks through over eight weeks the founding of America and how it was founded as a Christian nation. It's um, in large part done by David Barton out of Texas, and he's amazing. So we have a ton of people that have gone through that eight-week free course and come out with a complete understanding as to why we are doing what we do and how we've been lied to about our own history. Laura, we know you have a website. Well, I keep saying you. My Faith Votes has a website Mm -hmm. with lots of tools and lots of good information. But is there anything weekly, monthly, quarterly publications or information that you send out? If you sign up to be an action partner with us and you can do that at our website it's myfaithvotes.org and it's hard to say that and people to understand it especially siri (laughs) (laughs) siri always comes up with my faith votes (laughs) (laughs) if i try to speak it and it types it out sounds like a new business plan right there (laughs) 
but it's myfaithvotes.org. Um, and if you sign up um, to be an action partner right on our, our front page, it has a little corner where it says sign up to be an action partner. Then we send out, I send out a weekly publication to all of our action partners called the Friday Five, which gives uh, five actions, prayers, or praises that you can do each week. A lot of people say that this is how they keep up with what's important going on in the news because they know we'll report it from a balanced position. So that's a weekly publication uh, to keep everybody up to date. We have two others. Number one is a devotional that you can sign up for that comes out each Monday. And the other one is called The Intersect. And The Intersect is a very detailed publication that takes the major stories of the week and it dissects them from a Christian perspective. And again, embedded in Intersect and in the Friday Five, uh, you can find this confidence that we're not going to take news and explode it into something beyond what it is just to ask you for a donation. It's just not who we are. So like I had a ton of people, of action partners on me going, talk about the who, we're getting ready to lose our national sovereignty a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, calm down, <laughs> you know, because we have lots of Christian organizations out there, fear, you know, scaring them. And I'm like, you don't have to be afraid. This is not even the vote. It's not a year from, not till a year from now. We have several bills in Congress on this, you know, <laughs> so we're the, we're sort of the, the one they, that people have come to trust with our interpretation of the news, because we look at both sides, we, we pull out all the opinion and find the reality of it and present it. Um, and Intersect is great about that. She, um, she does four stories a week in Intersect and goes into great depth on how to think, think it through, how to pray about it. And she suggests an action if you want to do that associated with each one. So yeah, we have those three publications that come out on a regular basis. If you're an action partner with us, you get the Friday Five. You also, if you're in a state where we have a developed team, once a month, you get a state update for your state. And we're always doing things. We have a national prayer call. I think I mentioned this on Mondays, every Monday morning and every Monday evening. And we have ways to engage in your state. Over the next couple of months, I'll be traveling around meeting with action partners. Um, we have a gratitude project we have going on right now. We're doing Bi Bibles for Congress, where we're providing a Bible for every single person in Congress, regardless of their faith tradition or lack thereof. And we're going to go up there and personally hand them to every Congress member. We're going to do Summer of Action where we're doing voter registration drives and encouraging people to meet with um, uh, one elected official, a school board member, the mayor, someone, or do an event where you tie churches in your community together to do a big voter registration drive and have a meeting greet at the same time with your elected officials. We always have things and it's always an option. Doesn't cost anybody anything. We never charge anything. Uh, and and so you have you always have the option of do I want to do this or do I not? There's no sort of minimum requirement of time or anything like that. We are just here to serve. 
And we're here to serve people with knowledge and opportunities to change our culture, to push it back to a more God-fearing nation. And I can tell you, I've seen dramatic change over the past two and a half years. This whole national prayer group, and there are lots of them out there, but ours as well, the remnant is out there praying for um, just a move of God across this nation, unlike any we have seen in a really, really long time. And you see even this month, the decrease in the amount of participation in the whole Pride Month thing from the corporate community. It's, I mean, the ones that are out there are glaring, but the number has greatly decreased. The number of like LBGTQ people that are going to be on TVs and movies next year has greatly decreased. There is movement in the right direction. And we're so happy about what's happening there. We have 19 states now that have passed laws against um, mutilation of children. We have 14 states now that have banned the use of ESG labeling for any taxpayer funds within the state. And this is all about voting. And for example, this is how we can impact. In 2020, we wrote 20,000 letters, postcards to people in North Carolina. In that election, we had five, five, no, no, no. It was six progressives and one conservative on the Supreme Court and a progressive as our, um, as our um, chief justice. So the one conservative, uh, Paul Newby, Justice Paul Newby, decided he was going to run against the incumbent. And in that election, we had 5.6 million people vote. And Chief Justice Paul Newby, the one conservative, won Chief Justice by 406 votes wow. out of 5.6 million now, I assure you, we swung that election because out of 20,000 people we reached, I know we got 406 people to the polls that mm. wouldn't have gone. <laughs> so, I mean, we can do, we are empowered to do things. One of the things that we really want to encourage people to do is vote local because local elections typically run about 18% engagement. Only 18% of registered voters typically vote in a local election. How easy is it for you to swing that election if you energize people of like mind, of biblical values to go en masse to vote? They've done this down in Texas in several locations where the school boards were, were not protecting children. Churches, multiple churches banded together decided who would be the best representative to run for school board, put those people on the ballot and all the churches supported those people and they flipped every school board that they did this in. Wow. We can make a difference. We can accomplish things. We just have to catch the vision that God is on the move. He wants us speaking into these areas. He wants us protecting our children. He wants us protecting the Bible. He wants true justice and he wants truth spoken to lies. 
because we've got lies all over our society that are being presented as truth. Um, how many states do you guys partner with? Is it all all 50 or? Yeah, we have people in all 50 states. We have um, organ- We have state teams in about 28 of those states. Okay. So we'd love for that to be all 50 states, but for states like Rhode Island, we might have five action partners. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I can tell you it's much harder in the Northeast and the Northwest mm-hmm. to get people engaged. Sure. But you might be surprised that one of our most passionate, engaged, involved, loud communities is our California action partners. They are determined to take back their state. They are amazing. They're such an amazing group. And also Texas, we have, I think 1200 people in Texas and a huge team out there that are doing amazing, amazing things. So every state is different. We have a strong team in Tennessee. Uh, out in Nashville, a lot of them go to Alan Jackson's church, but they put out a Tennessee state update every month. That's just phenomenal to keep you updated on what's going on in your state. So it all depends on where people have raised their hands and said, Lord, send me. And that's where we have teams. I do want to say that um, going back to contacting your representatives and um, Mm -hmm. people in your own like state government or even um, federal government, I think some people, they might think that that's too much, that's doing too much, and it's not maybe their job um, to do, but but it's really up to us to influence what they do, like you said, and, um, and that's kind of our responsibility as Americans. A hundred percent. And you know, where scripture talks about this a lot, where it talks about honor, honor the king and do what the king says for you to do or whatever. But in our nation, the way he set up our government, we're the king. We're the ones with the authority. It We don't have a king. The authority of what happens this, in this nation rests with every single one of us. And so it's for us to accept and receive the authority we have been given by the documents of our government through the Lord, because he determined it. And if we abdicate the authority we are given as voters in this nation, then we are handing it over to any entity that may or may not be affiliated with the Lord. We don't have the option to stay disengaged. If we disengage, then we are abdicating the authority that God gave us through the American Constitution. Laurel, is there anything on the horizon, or what? if not, what would be your dream that you hope the next big thing that My Faith Vote does? Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> my passion, my heart, my desire is that the Lord would open the floodgates and bring thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Christians to rise up in this movement and say, you know what? We're going to stand for the Lord. We're not going to hate anybody, but we're going to stand for truth and we're not going to get steamrolled anymore. We're going to press for Christians to have a voice in our government so that we don't have laws that are destructive 
to people and just and we're no longer going to be accomplices to the crimes that the people who are walking in the halls of legislature in so many ways are committing we if we stay silent we are accomplices to what they're doing and we can no longer do that i want to see christians rise up i want the church to become the voice of morality in our society we hold the banner of truth it's my personal opinion that when we go into 24, the number one undercurrent theme that we're going to hear from, through, from the enemy through those who don't agree with us is you are taking away my freedom. And we have the corner on freedom and Christ came to set us free. He is the author of freedom. So when they say you're taking away my freedom by telling me I can't have a choice with my body. That's the exact counterfeit of the truth. If you choose to kill your own, kill your own child, you put yourself in bondage and you destroy a life. And they're going to say all kinds of, you're taking away my freedom to be who I am. You're taking away the freedom of a 12 year old to be who they are. If you don't let them mutilate their bodies. No, we are protecting freedom by making sure that children are not being abused in this way that puts them in a prison because it is ultimate, the ultimate rebellion to tell God that he cannot define who we are and whether or not we're male or female. So to flip the script, we sit, we tend to be operating from behind all the time. We're playing defense all the time. We have to play offense. So our conversation has got to be around Christ brings freedom. Biblical knowledge brings freedom. We are standing for freedom, your freedom and my freedom, whether you understand it or whether you don't. What you're talking about is not freedom. What you are talking about is bondage. We have got to speak truth to lies and we've got to get our pastors engaged in this process so that their churches will become engaged in this process. Not so that they can become 100% political animals, but, because, but so that they will step into what God has commanded us to do. And that is to exercise the authority he has given us he has given us authority in Luke 10, 19, he, and in Ephesians 6, he's given us the warfare to walk in this war. We are in a spiritual war, and we cannot sit back and deny it or ignore it anymore, or it will overcome us. Mm. And I just want to see people awake, alive, mm. alert, because the body of Christ is huge in this nation, and we have silenced ourselves. And I just want the tape to come off our mouths and for us to stand up in love not in anger not in fighting not in not in any of that look what just happened with target mm -hmm. not a rock thrown nobody yelled at anybody and they just lost 15 billion people because people voted with their dollars people called their brokers and said i want out of this company we can win this vi victory with peace and love and joy, but we have to be bold to speak the truth and quick to take action to defend our God and not be worried about how many people will like or not like our social media posts. We have people in this nation dying for our faith, and we're afraid of losing followers on Facebook. I mean, we've got to mature as Christians in this nation. God has taken us from lukewarm to hot or cold.
And a lot of people are going, oh my gosh, it's hot or cold. Well, what did the Lord say he preferred? He prefers us that we would be hot or cold, but those of us who know him have got to stand now and come out of lukewarm to speak against the cold because they're screaming <laughs> and they're trying to take over. And if we don't rise up to counteract evil, to counteract the evil with the truth that we know and share who Jesus is with the people who are so lost in our society, then we're the ones held. That's what Ezekiel says. There, we're held accountable. We're the watchmen. If we don't go out there and say the truth, then we're held accountable. So I don't want to be held accountable for being silent in the midst of a spiritual war. And I would love to see as many Christians as we can rise up and say, I'm here, Lord, send me. Well, Laura, we end every episode with a Bible verse, and we're going to end today with one you just mentioned, Luke 10, 19. This is Jesus talking. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Amen. And if Christians across America were to step into just that passage and choose to believe it as truth, the boldness would come forth and people would be set free from what all the, the demonic activity is that's trying to take over our children and our nation. We just have to be bold and courageous. And that's straight out of scripture too. Hmm. <laughs> well, Laurel, thank you so much for coming on today. Make sure you go check out myfaithvotes.org. Lots of great tools, lots of great stuff. You can sign up to be an action partner, find out all kinds of things from national level all the way down to your local level. But Laurel, thank you for sharing a little bit and thank you for being on here today. Oh my gosh. I, again, my total pleasure. Thank you so I, much. I love doing this. Any Anywhere to get the word out and encourage people because Jesus loves us and he wants us encouraged and he wants us to not be afraid. <laughs> Go check it out, people. Be involved. Go register. Go vote. All that stuff. You make a difference. And you already know. We love you. God loves you more. We'll see you again next week. We hope you are enjoying GPS to God. Rate, review, and subscribe across every platform you use. Help us spread the word by telling your friends and family to watch, listen, and subscribe. <laughs>